2: The Jewish Hour can now be heard on jcastnetwork.org, your portal to Jewish broadcasting. It's also on iTunes and on your smartphone using the Stitcher app. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel and We've got a wonderful show for you today. In this half hour of the show, we'll be featuring an interview with the Jewish Hour's own Chana Finman just got back from a trip to Israel and spent time at the Israel Museum. That's where our focus is. You may be wondering what we opened with. That was Cantor uh, Yehuda Meir Helfgott. Together with Yitzhak Perlman, they did a concert together. These are like... The greatest violence in the world, one of the greatest cantors in the world, got together at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn last Thursday. They cut a CD, and that was one of the songs. I'm going to be closing with another one of their songs, and I wish I could have been there, but we've got other eclectic music of various sorts and genre. We have the portion of the week, which is Vayakil Pikuday. We are finishing the book of Exodus, a dynamic Hasidic story. Before we do anything else, let's go right to the news. Two reporters were injured by rocks during a riot outside Ofra prison. Nearly 1,000 Palestinians protested the detention of terrorists who were rearrested following their release as part of the Gilad Shalit swap. Israel tank fire wounded three Gazan farmers near the border with Israel. The three are listed in moderate condition. Under the terms of the November ceasefire agreement, Israel may fire on Gazans who come closer than 100 meters to the border fence. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu met with Israel's President Shimon Peres to request a two-week extension, which he received, to form a coalition. Netanyahu has already had 40 days to complete the task. Israel successfully carried out a test of the Arrow 3 anti-missile missile. missile. They've already gone through Arrow 1, Arrow 2, now they're up to Arrow 3. The missile is meant to provide added high-altitude protection against missiles and to add to the defensive protection for long-range missiles. The city of Lvov, Ukraine, agreed to remove Jewish headstones currently used as pavement. The grave markers from cemeteries destroyed by the Nazis during their occupation in Ukraine in the 1940s will be moved to the only Jewish cemetery that was not destroyed during the Holocaust. Ten and a half million people visited the Kotel, the holy Western Wall, Judaism's holy site, in 2012. 2012. Because of the increase, the Kotel Plaza is undergoing renovations. Plans include larger bathrooms, covering waiting areas, and easier access. Construction should be complete within a year. And finally, I know you've been waiting to hear the results, Abraham Kabito Ketla of Ethiopia won the annual Jerusalem Marathon, which drew over 20,000 participants from 52 nations. Ketla won with a time of 2 hours and 16 minutes, a new record for the Jerusalem Marathon. Mihiret Anamo Anatinios of Ethiopia won the women's division with a time of 2 hours 47 minutes, setting a new record for the women's record, women's, women's division as well. And that's really moving. That's like th- almost 12 miles an hour that these people are running. Whoa. And that's the news. <music> Do you know the best place to buy fruit and vegetables? Why, it's at Fruitasia. Located on Southfield Road, just south of the 13 Mile, Fruitasia provides quality, value, and the most wonderful environment to shop. You'll enjoy the spacious aisles, excellent selection, great prices, and friendly staff at Frutasia on Southfield Road and 13 Mile. Why go anywhere else when you go to One Stop Kosher? Located on Greenfield Road, just south of 696, you're never far from One Stop Kosher. At One Stop Kosher, you'll find the largest selection of Passover products in Michigan. One Stop Kosher carries thousands of kosher for Passover items, and over 100 Passover items are on sale now. They even have kosher for Passover pizza, hamburger buns, and cake. One Stop Kosher has the largest selection of kosher for Passover wines as well. It's One Stop Kosher on Greenfield Road in 696 for all your shopping needs. We listen to The Jewish Hour. We have online The Jewish Hour's own and my wife, Chana Finman, who has just come back from a trip to the Holy Land to Israel. We're going to be talking about the Israel Museum. How are you this, after, this morning, Chana?
1: I'm up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's better than the alternative. My my grandmother used to say if I wake up and I didn't see my name in the obituary page, I'm doing a, I'm already ahead of the game.
1: Yes. It, it's so, that that quote it always makes me think of what a tough life your grandmother had. You know that kind of sour Jewish humor.
3: That's just Jewish.
1: Humor, yes. Oh, so. not know there was a whole industry made for that sour Jewish you humor. The,
2: the whole borscht belt. The
1: whole borscht belt and and they would laugh. But that humor just doesn't fly
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it goes pretty good. Listen,
1: uh, there are
2: websites uh, of uh, uh, com, But we're not talking about that. We're not uh, yeah, discussing uh, yeah. my 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 sense of humor or lack thereof.
1: No, oh, no, no. You're, so, you're fine. Humor is
2: Thank you. Indeed, uh, indeed. So... Yeah the people go to israel and they know all about they hear about the holy sites you know the western yeah. wall and the city yeah. of Cadron and the galilee and the yeah. Kine- and the uh, the, the kinneret you know the, yeah. the lake of Tiberias over there yeah, you know right. the holy cities and all it's those tough. things museums tend to get overlooked a little bit i mean we have we talk about archaeolog archaeological digs i report here probably uh, two or three times a month the really? latest ancient find that they found in israel yeah. And yeah, yeah. they they have to put them someplace. So tell us, <laughs> tell us about the Israel Museum. This is like the national okay. gallery, the national archive of Israel. Right. Well,
1: hang on, folks. First put your seatbelts on. Seatbelts on. You've given me a platform to go in zillion directions, and I'm a little confused which way to start. Um, this trip to Israel was a short one, only two weeks. And um, the truth is, anyone who has the opportunity to go to visit Israel and uh, hasn't been there yet would more than likely be on a tour. And the tours are great because you don't have to plan. You don't have to think about, you know, the logistics. They do everything for you. You
2: said you that's, don't have to think.
1: That's the way to go. That's what. It, now, if you go to Israel and you don't take a tour because you're the kind of person to rather do all your own research, you're in good hands. Because I just have to say, just from a very, you know, plain point of view, the thrill of, of coming to Israel is extreme. I think for every person that comes to Israel, it's an extreme experience. It's not like, I you know, I do travel and I'm in Europe, I'm in American cities, I'm uh, slipping around other parts of the world because i do travel and it's always a thrill to travel if you're a traveler but when you come to israel there's something very unique about it it's more of a homecoming and um and then you have amenities there which are wonderful for an american all the road highway signs are in english which are also in hebrew but there you can manage in english even if you're not on a tour. You'll be fine, fine, fine. Even in restaurants, you can ask for an English menu. Okay? So um, in the museums, everything is also in Hebrew and English as well. So anybody who wanted to travel to Israel, and you managed to find a nice ticket on the Internet like I did, which was $600 round trip, which is half the normal price, You could really be fine. You don't have to rent a car. You can get around pretty much on a wonderful bus system, plus a wonderful train system, plus a wonderful light rail system that goes through Jerusalem, which is so state-of-the-art. It's just magnificent. The infrastructure in Israel is constantly upgrading. Um, So that's great. And then, of course, you can always take a cab and walk, and walk. And, by the way, you can walk. (laughs) <laughs> there's a great deal of walking in Israel And it's it's great I mean, I rented a bike one day um, The bike rentals like you have in major cities in America Where you uh, put in a credit card And then you have the bike And there's resting spots where you can lock it again In different strategic areas And that way you're paying very little money For a whole uh, bike day adventure I did it in uh, the city of Jaffa Right by the coast, the ancient city um, which is fabulous—the ancient port city. That—that uh, that was a great ride. Yeah. So you—you oh, you brought up museums, right? Right. Well, the whole Israel is a museum.
2: I, I call and it a biblical theme go, park. Every, yes.
1: Every street sign is named after a Jewish person from Jewish history, and and that's. When, when You know, when you're li- used to living not in a Jewish country and you're Jewish and you see the name of your own family all over the place because somebody was famous with the same name, which is very common, it, that, you feel You mean so there's a connected. Finman Street? I don't see a Finman Street, but you know, my maiden name is Rothschild and that really gets a lot of...
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rothschild, Rothschild, Rothschild is all over the place.
1: Yeah, taking pictures under every... Uh, but... Um, no, seriously, the Jewish heroes, you know, um, from ancient times into the modern era, you'll have to, you know, have the streets. And it's just something, you know, really remarkable that you know you're in Israel, you're in a Jewish country, you're not in any other place. But as far as the museums go, um, I was in the Tel Aviv area. There's many great museums in the Jerusalem area, which I couldn't go to on this trip, but I did research them. Uh, I think there's more art museums and history museums in Israel than any other country, you know, makes sense, relatively speaking, than any other place in the world. They say that
2: Israel has per capita more violinists than in any other country.
3: <laughs>
1: more right. violinists?
2: All their mothers, all these Jewish <laughs> mothers that insisted that their child become the next Yasha Heifetz, you know. So.
1: Yeah, that's funny. Well, the museum that I uh, wanted to talk about because I think it was it was really great, it, it's called the Eretz Yisrael Museum in Tel Aviv. Eretz means land, so it's really the land of Israel Museum. And why I really liked it to talk about on the program today is because it's the kind of museum the whole family can enjoy, young and old and everything in between. It's on a campus with pavilions. It's very beautiful. So you you come in and you can visit a, uh, a pavilion that deals with ancient coins, which for me was the most interesting one. Um, Because I teach art, and I've taught units on coins. Coins tell the whole story of that particular nation's history, don't they? Mm
2: -hmm. Now, when you're talking coins, you're talking about, like, dinars and shekels and sellas and all that kind of stuff?
1: Exactly. And they had the story of how the coins are made as well. Which, that's something i would never seen in a, how do you say, nuministic?
2: Numismatic.
1: Numismatic numismatic is a word that we don't use very often, but that is... You do
2: talk uh, about coins, but anyway, go ahead, continue.
1: Yeah, so we're talking 7th, 6th centuries BCE. We're talking about the history of how the coins are made. That's
2: some old spare change.
1: Well, if you are interested in Jewish history, then you see the entire history book in these artistic coins, and they were artistic. Then what goes along with that is the pavilion for copper mining, and uh, everything is quoted with biblical quotes.
2: Copper mining? You mean like Solomon's copper mines?
1: Right. So there's, they have uh, in the museum. They'll have like a plaque that will say from Deuteronomy, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you can dig copper. So then they'll have a mini mine, and you can see the progression of the uh technology of smelting and the early um, pieces of actual iron objects that would range from everything you read about biblically from the midianites uh, you learn of, uh, you see the uh the tima uh, uh what do you call furnaces and you see all through The Egyptian era's cult, actual cult objects from those times, which I find fascinating going through the uh, biblical um, times of the prophets. And everything would be labeled like this, uh, for instance, as copper snake with a gilded head, uh, found in the Naos of the Midianite Shrine, perhaps pointing to the biblical Nehushtan, which is in the second book of Kings. So people who have been studying the Bible will be enthralled at seeing these actual objects. Now in the British Museum in England, you can, there's a book for sale there in their bookstore that was very costly, where you can go around the museum and see the references to artifacts that are actually housed in the British Museum. Fabulous tablets and... um,
2: Okay. They have the same uh, thing in the Israel Museum?
1: Not on the same scale. Everything here is smaller. You don't have, like in the British Museum, the actual relief work that lined the walls in the Babylonian uh, 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 palace of of, uh, Nimrod and and the other great leaders in Babylon who who basically, you know, destroyed the first temple. Um, there's pieces around the world of those kinds of items that are amazingly large, like in Berlin, you have the gates of the car. Okay, Park.
2: so let's, let's focus, you know, back on, on. Let's, let's, let's it. In Israel, everything's
1: on a smaller scale, but it's very, very fascinating. So then, as you walk around this campus, in and out of these pavilions, there's a pavilion for ancient glass, which is the largest ancient glass collection in the world. Um, you are know, talking glass, so not ceramic. Glass, yeah, ancient glass. And then you have the ceramics, which I'm very interested And then you have from early cavemen-type people through to um, the Roman era of um, ancient uh, pottery. The pottery, again, tells the story of the people. So, again, you know, you you can see, oh, this is from the Philistines. Wow, that's interesting. You read about the Philistines all the time in the Torah. And here's an object that is from those people. So that's, I find it majorly cool. So you're walking around, you know, it's a beautiful campus. I got a little lost. Everybody, I'm sure, does.
2: Lost is good. It's large. You find all these things going on.
1: Right. So if you're there with young children, they can run around and play. But what they're playing on will be ancient mosaics from all kinds of houses of worship, especially synagogues, but not only synagogues.
2: You mean they let you touch the exhibits?
1: You're walking on some of these beautiful ancient mosaics. You can touch them, yeah. So there was one from an ancient church which had peacocks that was, really very large and exquisite that, that was upright but most of them are in the ground you can walk around and touch ancient pillars the children could actually touch ancient wine presses from the times of the first and second temples and onward into you know and um, they have many millstones just lying around and then you, you know you're walking around and there's beautiful trees people working there. Somewhat chatty, and then there's a real live excavation
2: going on in the museum
1: on, in this campus. It's many acres, and you stumble along this uh, beautiful, well, really well attended to excavation. It's called a tell, as in Tel Aviv, because it it's, a hill in, or a and it's It's called Tell Qastel. Q-A-S-I-L-E. Spell it this, And this tell was first settled by the Philistines, the Plistian, in the 12th century BCE. Okay? Okay. That, that's that, quite that's old. old. That's old. Yeah. And um, so it was excavated in 1948. It was the first archaeological dig to be carried out in modern-day Israel. Thirteen layers of settlement were unearthed. That means, you know...
2: Thirteen different, different cities civilizations built on top of the in that one city.
1: spot primo real estate for thirteen civilizations, including the remains of four shrines, as well as public buildings, dwellings, and craft studios. And they're all labeled in English, as well as Hebrew.
2: So you're basically going down this big
3: pit?
1: No, you're walking around a kind of roped-off area that you can get very, very close to. So... What I like to do when I travel is I keep a printout in my handbag of the biblical dates next to the secular dates, okay? So, you know, when, when you see 12th century, that's 1-2. So Noah, wait a minute, 1-2, no. The no. Jews entered the land of Israel is in 1272 BCE. Right. So I I can go back and forth with my little piece of paper, and go ponder that, ponder that. That's when these Philistines were. Uh-huh. So these in. this, the, so the inhabitants so of
2: cool. this Philistine city might have been some of the first people killed by the the uh, <laughs> conquering uh, children of Israel. You're saying? I
1: don't know. I mean, but you know because you know you know your your, your own Bible better. You know the Kamaish better uh, than I'm I. I'm a better Bible know. Bible Bible-er, Yes. Yeah, so it's all full of gardens and gorgeous places to sit, you know.
2: It's a good place to hang out, you'd say,
1: on a day. Exactly, and it's very beautiful. One of the things that I also really liked was the Ethnography and Folklore Pavilion. Ethnography
2: and Folklore.
1: Right, and I was told not to miss this. Like, if you're going to miss something, you don't have the time, or you get tired from walking around. Don't miss this. Don't
2: miss this one, folks, yeah. So yeah. what is what is this ethnography and folklore? I'm thinking folklore. I'm thinking, like, people in Pollyanna hats and stuff, you know, playing well, banjos.
1: For me, it was really interesting, because, again, you're in Israel, so like seeing your name on buildings, because I happen to be a Rothschild, but there's also a zillion other Jewish names on everything. You feel a sense of homecoming, a sense of belonging which you just... You just don't have anywhere else. So here you start recognizing possessions that you might have grown up with. They had from the 1950s the uh, brass that was very popular for people to buy in all the little Jewish Judaic stores around the United States, or if someone went to Israel, they'd bring it back. And I recognized the menorah that I grew up with, which was very uh, sleek, uh, the blue, greenish, and brass. Mm-hmm. ornaments that everybody had a seder plane in a a bottle yes.
3: opener
1: like this you know what i'm talking about you betcha so they had you know the original draft because there, this was an art form a craft from israel and i happen to really like that stuff and then you know you had the casubas and you have a you know a very famous um arc that was brought from italy that's from the time of the Renaissance, which is housed there. There's many of those in Israel. The, uh, the beautiful hand-carved Baroque-looking, um, very ornate Italian wood carvings that are gilded, which were used in the synagogues all over Italy. Many of them have found their way to museums in Israel. And and then there's uh, you know other arts and crafts that. Um, The Kasubas, you know, Um, they have uh, an example from all corners of the world, you know, from the North African, Moroccan areas, um, from Iran, and then from Northern Europe, and then as well from Italy. Uh, So you kind of see all the different styles of artwork. Now, it's not as much as you would see in other museums. In terms of quantity, because it's small, everything in Israel is smaller, but they're excellent in, in their categories.
3: Okay, where
2: where in Tel Aviv is this museum? What section is it?
1: In? Oh, now there you got a good question here. And uh,
2: like, so how you did you get call. there? You took well, the I number two train, got off at Atlantic Avenue, and switched to the D train.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm looking on the uh, postcard here. Well, um, I was showing children that I teach. A shekel, because we're talking about, you're probably mentioning it on the Jewish Hour today, what the, uh, the Elvages took a half a shekel. Right, to, last to, week's portion took to to a half to shekel, right. tabernacle. So, in the Mishkan, so um, I showed them pictures, enlarged coins, of what a half a shekel actually looks like. Um, well, the Land of Israel Museum is easy uh, to Google it up, the uh, I took a bus. It's on 2 Haim Livanone Street, Ramat Aviv. It's in oh, Ramat Aviv, which is a northern suburb. Well, it's il. Okay. And that'll get you there. And, uh, you know, you'll enjoy. If you're interested, if you have a visual mind and you, all the things that you studied, you want to see what they really looked like. It's a very um, pleasant experience because it's not like a regular museum where you're walking around through halls and halls and halls of artifacts till it's kind of you get numb from it. You're indoors, you're outdoors, you're uphills, you're downhills. You can take a little lunch and eat outside. It's very pleasant.
2: Okay, cool. That's gonna just about wrap us up for this uh segment. I wanna thank you so much, our in case you just tuned in, our guest is of Finman my wife and co-producer of the Jewish Hour, just came back from recently from a trip from Israel. We want to thank you so much, and just to let you know that guests that appear this week have the honor of having me as their dinner guest tonight. <laughs> and we will we'll give you back and take the opportunity to discuss. But I can't let you sp-
1: have a last word. Um, <laughs> there's one more thing I want to say. Go ahead. It's that truly, in, in our prayers, Jews, we pray shakrit in the morning mincha and Marit. three times a day and then in between there's other stuff we can say if we're so inclined we're praying a lot and it, there's we say 65 times a day we ask god to return us to tzion to jerusalem to jerusalem to our homeland we should get there you betcha
2: before the evening would be great
1: yeah, so that's my prayer, my hope, that our ambition is that all of us together will be reunited in, in peace and prosperity and goodness to our holy land, because it truly is a holy land. And um, soon,
3: Amen. now. Amen. Okay, in
1: our days.
2: that's going to do it. i going to thank you so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the end. We're going to yes. take
2: a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour.
0: Chiropractic health care offers patients the advantage of a safe and natural method of healing without the use of drugs or surgery. People of all ages, including children, benefit from chiropractic's unique approach to health. Call area code 248-557-1818 today to find out how chiropractic can benefit your family. At the Solomon Chiropractic Center, we especially love children. All kids should have their spines checked periodically throughout their crucial growing years. Growth on a crooked foundation will create a crooked spine and become harder to correct later in life. Kids love to get adjusted at the Solomon Chiropractic Center. And hey moms, did you know that chiropractic offers a safe, drug-free approach to helping with the many pains women often get during and after pregnancy? We even have special tables which open up so pregnant women can lay on their stomachs. We treat moms, dads, children, and grandparents with arthritic pains, neck pains, back pain, and headaches. People of all ages, including kids, benefit from chiropractic. Come experience the natural method of healing without the use of drugs or surgery. Stop living in pain. Call area code two four eight five five seven eighteen eighteen today for a free consultation at the Solomon Chiropractic Center to discuss you and your family's health needs. Remember five five seven eighteen eighteen. That's
2: five five seven hi hi Hi, Rachel Finman Here you're listening to the Jewish Hour. Like I said on the onset of the show, we're going to have various and sorted type—not sorted—various and sundry types of music. We can have for your listening pleasure. Now, this is the group is called Eighth Day. The song is called Cherry Bim, and it's just for you.
4: But together we're number one, I say GD. we now I say Chitty, you say ba- we say bim say, say bim ba- One, but together we number one. One, just one. But together we're number one. One, just one. But together we're number one. One, just one. But together we're number one. I say jingle, you say bum. We say jingle biddy say, chitty, say bum. We say biddy bim Chitty-bitty-bum-bum Chitty-bitty-bum Chitty-bitty-bum-bum chitty bitty bum number one Whoa.
2: Assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's a symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for Kosher, and S-U-P for Supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. We got more music for you. This is David Gabay. This is really a very cute song. I like this song. Recently released. It's called Anna Avda. It is from the literature. The words mean we are slaves to God. Let's listen in.
4: I'm too dishonest. I'm a liar, a man Hey, hey, hey.
2: Accepting students. Whether you're a real beginner or have been at it for a lifetime, the Art Studio of Oak Park is something for you. All levels welcome, all ages welcome. Private tutoring or small friendly classes. Flexible hours available. The Art Studio of Oak Park is very affordable. Make your life better. Put art into your life. The Art Studio of Oak Park offers lessons in a strictly kosher environment. Call today, 248-542-5087. That's 248 248- 542-5087. It's great having an art room right in the neighborhood. Hey, Herschel Finman, here you are, listening to The Jewish Hour. we got time for one more song, so let's listen to it. This is actually a request from... We have this group of teenage girls that listen to... The show. I'm not sure how they're listening to it these days if it's Rabbi Finman, if it's Stitcher, if it's JCast, or how they're iTunes, but they're listening, they listen every week, and I hear from them on occasion. And this year, this week, they wanted to hear the Ch- Shura Hadesha choir singing the Jerusalem song. So, this is for all those girls in Chicago, and everybody else was going to listen. You know the best place to buy fruit and vegetables? Why, it's at Frutasia, located on Southfield Road just south of the 13 Mile. Frutasia provides quality, value, and the most wonderful environment to shop. You'll enjoy the spacious aisles, excellent selection, great prices, and friendly staff at Frutasia on Southfield Road and 13 Mile. Hey, Finman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. Just a reminder that Frutasia now has cocoon and Kosher Carryout specialties. This week's special is ready-to-bake to, to bake breaded chicken wings, 99 cents a pound. Ooh, kosher. You can't beat it. You absolutely can't beat it. And if you want them to, to roast them up for you, it's a $1.49 a pound. You get them hot. Whoa. Just, like, get your body over there and go get them. And they have other stuff. For they have soup that I think is ninety nine a quart, and that's at Frutasia. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. I'm Herschel Finman. This week's portion is a portion of Vayakel Pikude, and it is the from chapter 35 to the end of the book of Exodus. It is a repetition of the portions of Teruma and Tetzavah, and it is a double portion. Vayakel is one portion, and Pikude is a second portion. These portions are grouped together, and there will be several portions grouped together in the ensuing weeks. So as to facilitate many things, one of them is is that the book of Leviticus must be completed by the middle of May this year before the holiday of Shavuos. And uh, so we also want to make sure that we finish the reading of the Torah by Simcha's Torah, which is the end of the holiday of Sukkos. And there are more weeks, excuse me, there are less weeks of the year than there are portions in the and the Chumash, so we have to stick them together. Very often, just the idea of sticking the two portions together is something to discuss. The word Vayakel refers to, the word kihila means a community. Gather together a community. You have an in-mass, you have a throng, a tsibor, a collection, a congregation, a cooperative. Pakure means to count individuals. So here we have a tremendous lesson. There is, in the way of which to expounding the lessons of the Torah, there's a rule which is called Prat, the general rule, as it's highlighted by a specific instance, and the two work together in tandem. It says, for example, that a person should always try to pray communally, in Judaism, and we have uh, these synagogues and we get together like my wife said three times a day which is really two times a day for most most people once in the morning and then in the evening before you have the afternoon prayers which are done right before dark and then the evening prayers which are done right after dark so you can of just like stick around and do them all together there so it's two times which is really three and it since it's always better to do it with a, with a uh, at least a minimum number of 10 because the prayers of the masses are never rejected. There is strength in numbers. And indeed, it is all, there's, there's various and different uh, verses and sages of the sages, Barovah, Hadras Melech, with a great multitude, is their glory to the king, with a capital K. And so we see that there is a tremendous, what, what a, a, uh, a community is able to, to accomplish if there's times of trouble, so then people get together communally to pray. There's an expression, don't separate yourself from the community. If your community is doing whatever it's doing, you can't be different than them. You have to be part of your community. We are, after all, social beings. There's various laws, for example, of have the Passover holiday coming up. So there's a law that says that if you live in a community where they don't work, the day before passover you're not allowed to work the day before passover if you do if you live in a community where they do work the day before passover then you can work the day before passover depends just don't be different than anybody else it doesn't say you have to work if they don't work but you know you get the idea that the community is 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 all important but then we come to pakuday the count it's an interesting thing. We talk about this specifically when we get to the midbar, which is called the Book of Numbers because there's all these senses there, and the idea of counting. There's a rule in Judaism, a devosh of a minyan lay battle. Something which is countable never gets lost. And when you look at it and you think about it, what is your community? What is your throngs of masses if not for a composition of single individuals? And the nature of your congregation is going to be comprised of the various talents and strengths of each individual of your congregation. So we shouldn't just poo-poo, you might say, an, an individual's own abilities. No, we do not have group speak in Judaism. What The accomplishments of each individual is, is at times innumerable. There are times we think that we don't know what we're doing and we think we're not even doing anything. This is just a famous story. It's not this story, but a uh, famous story that there were back in the 50s, there were two rabbinic students went to go visit the Jews of Oklahoma. And in the 1950s, there were not a whole lot of Jews in Oklahoma. And they're walking around one city, I'm not sure if it was Tulsa or Oklahoma City or Muskogee, one of these cities over there, and they couldn't find a single Jew. When they came back and they reported to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, he said, we were in Oklahoma, we didn't find any Jews over there. So he opened up his drawer, and he looked, pulled out a letter. It was a woman. She said, I saw, I looked out the window and I saw these two students and they were walking and they had beards and they had the strings hanging out of their pants, it's it's this it, it, and it reminded me of my father and my grandfather, and I've decided to become religious again. So she says, We have no idea what we're doing here, but the Almighty put us here, each and every one of us for a specific person purpose. There is no person alive on this earth who is purposeless. You're all doing here you're all here to make the world better in whatever capacity that happens to be. I don't even care if the person is a paraplegic and stuck in a wheelchair and confined to whatever. No, this person has purpose. This person has to find how am I going to make the world a better place? Because that is the idea of pakude. You're a num- you're more than just a number. You're a countable thing. You have importance. And you as this person. Perfect individual, this important individual. You make up the community. The word, one of the, the words in Hebrew for community, is tsibur. It is comprised of four letters: tzadik, a base, vav, and resh. The tzadik, stans, the tzadik stands for tzadik, a righteous person. Base stands for the middle grade people, and verish and reshoyim, and wicked people meaning that people that you consider wicked and unimportant, uh, no, they also have their importance. Speaking of importance, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Some of the best jobs in the world are in the radio and television industry, and you too can join the workforce in as little as eight months when you complete your hands-on training at the Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts located in Southfield, Michigan. At Spex Howard School, students get to play and learn at the same time. Imagine spending your class time behind the microphone, spinning music and hosting your own radio show, or designing and lighting a set for your own TV program, running a camera, learning to edit, directing a program. When you go to Specs, your day will be anything but dull. And if school is this fun, imagine how exciting it is to work in the growing industry. In addition, the credits you earn while attending Specs Howard School are currently accepted at 14 area colleges and universities. If you've always wanted the best job in the world, call for a tour of Spex Howard School at 248-358-9000. That's 248-358-9000. Or visit them on the web at spexhoward.edu. Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts. This is where you start. Why go anywhere else when you go to One Stop Kosher? Located on Greenfield Road, just south of 696, you're never far from One Stop Kosher. At One Stop Kosher, you'll find the largest selection of Passover products in Michigan. One Stop Kosher carries thousands of kosher for Passover items, and over 100 Passover items are on sale now. They even have kosher for Passover pizza, hamburger buns, and cake. One Stop Kosher has the largest selection of kosher for Passover wines as well. It's One Stop Kosher on Greenfield Road in 696 for all your shopping needs.
0: Hi, this is Specs Howard from the Specs Howard School of Broadcast Arts. We're happy to sponsor the Jewish Hour and bring quality radio programming to the community. While much of the funding for the Jewish Hour comes from its sponsors, it's listeners like you that help keep the Jewish Hour on the air. Please send your tax-deductible donation to The Jewish Hour. 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. That's 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. Your help is greatly appreciated.
2: Ariel here you are listening to The Jewish Hour. When you get a hold of me for any reason, song to dedicate a. Uh a uh, public service announcement, which I think I do have some public service announcements. Yes, let's not get away with this. Well, you t- you send those public service announcements or your requests or anything to www.rabbifinman.com. Let's see, what's, what do we have? The Anti-Defamation League is presenting on Wednesday, March the 6th at 7.30 p.m. Centennial Lecture Series featuring author Frank Mink. Author, Autobiography of a Recovering Skinhead. experience the raw story of Frank's descent into American neo-Nazi underground and his ultimate triumph over hatred and addiction. Tiction, tic- tickets are 11 bucks, And this is at the Berman Center at the JCC in West Bloomfield. And this one is Exclusive Member Preview, where the past meets the future. The Holocaust Memorial Center presents on Thursday, March the 14th, this is artist Faye Grayover's Mixed Media Exhibits Revisits the Vibrant Jewish Life in Poland Before the Holocaust and Reflects Hope and Interest in Contemporary Polish Jewish Life and Culture. This will be on view through July 21st, but the uh, preview is on March 14th at the Holocaust Center on Orchard Lake Road in uh, Farmington Hills, just north, between twelve and thirteen mile. So, <clears throat> contact me, RabbiFinman dot com. You'll find archive editions of the show. You'll find the Hasidic U story, the Hasidic U parsha, the E parsha. They're all there, and the very important donation page where you can contribute to keep the show on air. We are now in March, and March is our anniversary month. So we have our membership drive for $36. Go to rabbi.finman.com, become a member, and show your support. For the Jewish hour, this is our eighteenth year. We're going in now. Chai, some Like I say, eighteen in Hebrew means means life. So we've had put. We need some. Uh, we need you to put life into our show. February was paid for on March the first. So we, our listeners, come through. We want you to come through a little quicker. Make life a little easier for everybody. The station people here are very great about such things, but we need you to help. RabbiFinman.com. We are going to be closing with a little bit of Helfgott and Perlman for your listening pleasure. The story: It is Passover time. Man came to, to um, the city of Lublin, which is also known as Lvov. We mentioned it before. No, it's actually Lublin is Lemberg, and he came to the Chose of Lublin's about 250 years ago, requesting a divorce from his wife the day after Passover. He says, "What's the problem? This is a terrible thing." He says. My wife refuses to refrain from eating gebrachs on Passover. So certain people that are very strict, and they don't allow the matzah that they have to get wet in any way, shape, or form, because maybe it didn't get mixed properly, and it, there's some be some flour that didn't get baked, and it could become chametz, so uh, become leaven, and it would be forbidden on Passover. And she refuses to adhere to this, and I'm half the force to eat gebrachs. So he said, that's why you want to get divorced? He said, he calls in his wife. He says, wife, please, mind vibe, tell this man what type of matzah I used by the Seder. When you're supposed to have the best matzah. So she started to, to, to like tear a bit. And she said, well, this poor man came on Erev Pesach and he said he didn't have food for Passover. And so I just grabbed the package of matzah and uh, gave it to him. And then I realized, uh-oh, this is the rabbi's first oven shmura matzah super primo so I replaced it with some regular matzah so the is chayza means you could see did I complain I didn't complain there's nothing what to complain about go home and be happy and be happy to your, with your wife everything that your wife does is great and preparing for Passover we're going to back out We and thank you so much for tuning in we hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit we hope we had a chance to educate you a bit We hope you have a great week. Start preparing for Passover and hope we see you again back next week. Take care.